Hey, Anna, remember that time Nikola Tesla was really into pigeons? and historical podcast. I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all of their favorite moments in history. And this week, we are going to finish talking about Nikola Tesla and the current wars. Part two, baby. Part two, baby. Part deux, as they <laughs> say in France. Uh-huh. Where he lived briefly. There we go. Wrapping there, it back there, to Okay, there. cool. Um, we've been recording for a while now. A long time. we're recording parts one and two back to back. And I also worked all day from home. And so I'm feeling a little loopy. It's fine. Uh-huh. Would you like a new drink update? Yes. Same, same recording session for us. New drink update. New drink for me because I have now started drinking some red wine. Oh, boy. I'm still drinking the same glass of water. <laughs> I'm a simple woman. <laughs> All I need is some water. Okay, I'm going to do brief little recap of where we left off at the end of the last episode. Quick bullet points. Let's do yes. it. So I talked a little bit about the first part of Nikola Tesla's life, and the rest of this episode will be mostly Tesla. Oh, but yeah, I- by the way, if this is your first time listening to us, hello, welcome. How are you? Um, go back and listen to the episode before this one because you're gonna be a little lost in this one. Yes, it yes, is very a much so. We yes. don't do this like ever. No, nope. um, I just there, had a lot I wanted to talk about for this yeah, one. So. I mean, there was a series on Henry VIII's wives that like it's beneficial to listen to all of them, but um, not really <laughs> usually a prerequisite. But d- do go back and listen to the previous one. Yes, because we are in the middle of the story. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, hold on. Um, I'll wait. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I talked a little bit about the first part of Tesla's life and his beginnings of working in the, like, electrical scene in America. There you go. And then I spent a lot of time talking about what we now know as the current wars because it was the battle between alternating currents and direct currents, the two power systems that were the big players in America. <laughs> AC and DC, baby. Did you ever wonder where the band got their that's name? That's where the name of the that's band That's it, came Mama. From. Yeah. <laughs> that's where it came from. Um, so we sort of left off after talking all about how Edison and uh, Brown started this fear campaign against AC power. Edison eventually sort of retires from his electrical career, and that leaves us in a place where most of the market is using AC, but there's still this little question of, is it dangerous and is DC current better? Um, so that's sort of where we left off our story. To start back in, I want to go back and talk about what Tesla was doing through most of the current war. Hit it. So he was kind of involved because he was working with Westinghouse. He wasn't working directly for Westinghouse for a long time, but a lot of his ideas were very beneficial to the AC power scene. Mm -hmm. So he was involved. He was just a little more behind the scenes than some of the other characters. So while all of this is happening, while this huge press war is going on, uh, the money that Tesla makes from his patent deal with Westinghouse allows him to start working on some of his other inventions. 
So he gets some, like, time working more independently. In 1889, he invents the Tesla coil, which is a circuit that is used to produce high-voltage, low-current, high-frequency alternating current electricity. I don't understand how it works, because <laughs> I don't know enough about electricity to understand how it works. But it's incredibly important. This was like a huge invention, and we still use Tesla coils today. Oh, yeah. Mostly in, like, entertainment stuff, so, like, TVs and radios and stuff. They're not the main, like, big source of power, but we still use Tesla coils today. Um, And uh, he patents that in 19... Or, gosh, 1891. There that would go. be crazy <laughs> if it was 1981. <laughs> um, he was really old. He was really old. Um, in that same year, he becomes a natu- naturalized citizen of the U.S. So he is now an official citizen. Uh, welcome. Welcome to our home. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm really sorry. Um, Around the same time, he starts experimenting with AC power and the Tesla coil to try and develop wireless lighting. So like we were talking about before, a big problem with the in the current war was that these wires were everywhere uh, transporting this electricity and not always transporting it in the safest way possible because there were too many of them and people kept like trying to work around. It was a mess. So he has this idea that he could maybe develop wireless lighting, which becomes more important later. But this is when he starts working on his wireless lighting. Um, he also tries to develop a steamed, steam-powered oscillating generator, which, again, I don't know a lot about how that works, but nope. <laughs> this is a fact I found interesting. Later in life, Tesla would claim that one version of the genera- of this generator caused a small earthquake in New York City, and it became ho- known as his earthquake machine after, I hope <laughs> after that's that. that's true. I do, too. It's wild. I, I mean, don't not think that I is. want earthquakes to happen, but... That would be something very interesting, uh, an interesting way to cause an earthquake. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so that became known as his earthquake machine, sort of. After he likes to name things like that, I feel like. Oh, yes, he did. We'll talk it was about. very much his thing. We'll talk about a big one later. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, in 1892, so a little hop back to the current wars. In 1892, General Electric and Westinghouse both put in bids to light the uh, Chicago World's Fair. Yes, I know about this. Yes. So General Electric's bid was to light the fair with direct current. Mm -hmm. And it loses to Westinghouse's bid to light with alternating current and um, using Tesla's induction motor that uh, they had been developing. Mm -hmm. And it was a way cheaper option. So that's what the fair went with. So this whole time, while Tesla has been working on his own experiments, uh, Westinghouse has been, his company has been figuring out the best way to use the induction motor to help with the AC power system. They've been trying to figure out how to make it all work. And again, a way that I do not understand, even (laughs) in the slightest. I just know that that's what was happening. So in 1893, the World's Columbian Exchange in Chicago, or the World's Fair, was lit by Westinghouse and Tesla's polyphase system of AC power. 
So his name was on the big thing with Westinghouse's stuff <laughs> because it was his motor. Yeah, it was yeah. his motor. So it was up there. It was a big deal. That's that's where that patent freaking paid off, man. All those patents, that one paid off for him. <laughs> um, so this moment more or less ended the current wars. When people saw that this entire World's Fair with the latest technology from all over the world could be lit safely by AC power and people could just be there and be up close and personal with all of it. That was it. People knew that it worked, that it was powerful and that they could use it. As a side note, did you know that the Chicago World's Fair Ended two days early because the mayor was assassinated. <gasps> no, I Did didn't you know, that? know that. That's just a fact, baby. That is very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh. Um, so, yeah, that all of that stuff we talked about in the last episode, all of the current war stuff builds up to this. And remember, this is after Edison had already retired, but he was still championing his DC system because he still believed it was better. Oh, he was very outspoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still believed it was better. Um, And so this was like a big moment. People thought that his system was going to get chosen. People fully expected the Well, DC it's because everybody knew Edison. They knew what he was good at, and they they figured, hey, if Edison's in the fight, he's going to win. And because he always did. There was that fear campaign against AC power. And so a lot of just citizens, not educated like electricians who knew what they were talking about. Citizens thought it was dangerous. Right. And so they just expected the DC system to win. But then once they saw the World Fair lit up, they were like, oh, this works and Mm -hmm. it works better. And this is what we should be doing. Yeah. So that was basically the end of the current war. So apologies for that weird deviation from Tesla's story, but I know it's important. It it all and it all wraps back up because the current war would not have been won by AC power without Tesla's induction motor because they wouldn't have been able to create that really efficient system with his motor with without him. And Mm -hmm. so he doesn't play a big as big of a role as people think in the wars because it's mostly um, a propaganda and a um business war really trying to like figure out how to best make somebody look bad make the most money off of this he's not active in it he's not a face of it but it would it would not have happened Mm -mm. had he not made ac power possible in the way that westinghouse wanted him to Mm -hmm. so if he had never worked for westinghouse if they had never bought his his patent his patent then None of it would have ever happened. Nope. And who yeah. who knows if we would even have AC power now as a standard. I mean, mm-hmm. I think eventually, yeah, probably. But when that would have happened, who, who's to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So while at the fair, Tesla gives demonstrations of his inventions that he's been de- developing over the last several years. There are stories of him uh, doing his wireless lighting experiments where he will have, like, lights on opposite sides of the stage from each other and will make the light, like, travel from one side of the stage to the other. <gasps> yeah, it was pretty... I would imagine that would be pretty <laughs> magical. <laughs> um, later that same year, Tesla is asked to consult on the best way to use power generated from Niagara Falls to transmit electricity. 
Uh, he recommends Westinghouse's AC system, and they're contracted for that system shortly after. On November 16th, 1896, all of Buffalo, New York is lit up using power generated from the falls and the AC power system. And that plant ran until 1961 mm-hmm. and provided power until they built a new plant that used all like the same systems, just, just updated like systems. bigger and better. Yeah. 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 So that's still the way that we use power from yeah. Niagara Falls and, and over more of the world now. Yeah. And so if the World's Fair wasn't the actual end, this definitely was. Like this was the name. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah. we've proved it now. Yeah. 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 Um, and like you said, AC power is the standard. That's how power gets into your house. Yeah. Well, and that's what they needed to prove, right? Like that's why the the Buffalo plant really really ended it like you say because it finally was like no we're going to power homes with it because that's what they were really arguing about right yeah was like is it and not safe just a mile homes? of houses is it possible an right. entire city right. and there there were cities that were being powered by ac systems at this point because that was a huge part of the war too that i didn't even get into was that conflict right. of oh you want this city for ac i'm getting this right, city from right, dc right. we're um getting into each other's areas and all of that but buffalo is like a big deal Mm -hmm. buffalo new york is a a big deal if you can light that city yeah you know you're pretty set yeah um and we do still use dc power in our homes because our electronic devices Mm -hmm. can't be powered by ac power because the voltages are too high so our like um charger bricks Mm -hmm. convert ac to To DC. dc Because DC is more stable, so we use both in our homes, but we wouldn't have had any of it without all of this, you know, like, without this entire argument. I just find it very interesting. Oh, it is very interesting. Okay, so the rest of this story is now mostly just going to be about Tesla. We're going to get back to my boy. (laughs) Get back to my dude and wander away from the current wars, because, again, they're more or less over now. Yeah. So in 1895, Edward Dean Adams joins Peck and Brown, and you will remember who are uh, Tesla's business partners for his Mm -hmm. company. Um, Adams joins them in financing and legally supporting Tesla, and they form the Nikola Tesla Company, um, which is, you know, the company that most of his stuff comes out of from here on out. Mm-hmm. So like I, like I said before, Peck and Brown worked out for him. They he yeah. just they just got another investor that sort of continued to work out for him. That could bankroll him a little bit better. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> On March thirteenth, eighteen ninety five, the building that Tesla's lab is in catches fire, oh. and it destroys a lot of his work and his notes. Oh, which is a huge bummer. That hurts my little historian. Heart. I know a lot of stuff that he worked on was destroyed in that fire. Uh, Around this time, Tesla starts experimenting with x-rays. This is something I find really interesting. So I think I got this quote from Wikipedia, I think. Tesla may have inadvertently captured an x-ray image predating by a few weeks Wilhelm Rodigen, I think. Um, His announcement of the discovery of x-rays when... Tesla tried to photograph Mark Twain illuminated by a Geisler tube. And the only thing captured in the image was the metal locking screw in the camera lens. 
Oh. So he had been experimenting with these Geisler tubes and other forms of x-ray, and he had these, like, really, really early ideas about x-rays. And then a couple weeks before the guy who founded x-rays announces that he discovered them, Tesla may have accidentally captured the captured first x-ray an x-ray image. image wow isn't that interesting That's wild. this is where it gets into me thinking that he's maybe an alien <laughs> was just that he yeah he's like a time traveling vampire which from the future incredible ideas that like never come to fruition or that he like just misses yeah um, capitalizing like happens on. upon yeah yeah and he just accidentally discovers things all the time it's amazing yeah. um after so after the x-rays are formally discovered he experiments them with them for a while but he's worried about the dangers of working with x-rays so he like starts to notice like damage on his skin from where well, he's like taking x-ray images yeah i mean it's radiation uh-huh <laughs> and we hadn't figured out how to control it yet right <laughs> so he stops experimenting probably a good call with them at that probably point probably a good call i also learned while doing this research that Edison also experimented with x-rays, and he kept experimenting with x-rays past the point that, like, Tesla did, and it really damaged his eyes, and the radiation, like, killed one of his assistants. <gasps> isn't that, yeah, isn't Whoa. that wild? They, huh. they, not, like, immediately killed, but, like, they got sick and died right. from the radiation. Radiation. Right. Wow. Um, but that's, that's another thing where it's, like, you know, somebody... To figure out what we know about x-rays, eventually somebody was going to have to test it on human beings. Well, yeah. Because we wouldn't be able to use it otherwise. But Tesla stopped because he thought it was too dangerous. And Edison just happened to say, like, we're going to push through. And he learned a lot. But, like, that happened. And and he still isn't, like, credited with figuring it all out because he didn't. He he also Mm -hmm. had to stop. Which which is also true of so many things in the scientific community. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just true of everything all the time forever. Yeah. Like... (laughs) And it's especially true of Tesla's life. Like, that is the story of his life. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, in 1998... Tesla nope, announced... Nope, that's not right. No, 1998, 1998 is the year you wow. were born. <laughs> wow. We've been reporting for a long time. Yeah, okay. In 1898... There it is. Uh, Tesla announces his invention of a teleautomatic boat guided by remote control. Uh, mm-hmm. When... <laughs> Sorry, I, I just did a visual gag, but then realized no one could see me but Amanda. But also the sound was good. <laughs> it was supposed to be a, like a remote control boat. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when skepticism was voiced, Tesla proved his claims uh, before a crowd in Madison Square Garden. And he showed off his little remote control boat. So that's a thing that Love he doesn't. That. He Homeboy figured out remote control. And I, why have I never heard his name associated with remote yeah. control? It's so interesting. Huh. So interesting. During this time, he's still exploring the idea of wirelessly transmitting electrical power. And he also starts thinking that you could wirely transmit communications. So Who we you know, thunk? We've been doing all of that through wires, sending electrical sig- right. signals and radio waves through, through wires. He starts thinking, oh, maybe we can send radio waves long distances without wires who to thunk who to thunk tesla um, tesla <laughs> yeah indeed i mean that's it 
Um, he believes that the Earth's atmosphere is conductive, which it's not. Um, he was not right, but this was... I know, but what ideas, yeah. you know? Um, and that low air pressure could transport high voltages of electricity across longer distances. That's so interesting. So he thought, if I put this, maybe like a series of balloons that have um, receptors on them, uh-huh. in low in the atmosphere... And send high voltages up between them, it could it go reach. a further distance. That's yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So in 19... No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's the problem where the nines are next to the ones and yeah. I panic. In 1899, I cannot wait for us to hit 1900 so I can stop yeah. doing this. Yeah. In 1899, Tesla sets up an experimental station in Colorado Springs because it's very high altitude so he can mm-hmm. test these ideas. Um... There he conducts experiments with large coils operating in the megavolts range. So huge amounts of electricity. Mm -hmm. And he produces artificial lightning and thunder. Well, lightning and thunder are technically the same thing. Right. um, Consisting of millions of volts and discharges of up to 135 feet in length. Wow. And at one point, he inadvertently burns out a generator in El Paso. Ooh. And causes a power outage. Ooh, zoink, scoop. There yes. are pictures of him doing these experiments. Oh, I think that I've seen them. That are so It's dumb. wild. It's just him, like, sitting in a chair, reading a book, with mm. huge arcs of lightning over his head. Yeah. It's like, homeboy, what are you doing? Like, he's so casual. He's and like, just... <laughs> sitting there like... Let it ride, baby. <laughs> and it looks fake. It, like, looks yeah. like they're edited on top, but it's just pictures of him with just, like, lightning everywhere. It's so cool looking. He is also experimenting with using radio waves to send telegraph signals over long distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, during these experiments, he receives some signals, and he thinks that they're coming from other planets, which is, like, your home planet? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> That is uh, another thing later in his life that Edison jumps on top of, and a lot of the media is like, he's crazy, he thinks we're getting signals from Mars or whatever. I mean, hey, listen, first of all, maybe he was. You don't know. He probably wasn't, but he could have been. And secondly, like, there are crazier people. (laughs) Well, and like... To Tesla, the idea that there was life outside of Earth that may be trying to communicate with us was, like, a very logical, interesting sure. thought that he would wanted to explore with his science brain. Right. And right. other people were like, ha-ha, crazy man. Like, he wasn't a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. No. Like he, he just had a hypothesis that he was trying to explore. It was a scientific theory. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no reason for that to not be something he would think about. Of course. Yeah. Because he there was also this conception that, like, radio waves if they weren't being sent like to a certain place would just shoot up into space and then disappear and so why would he not think that if he's shooting it out into the world if it went up into space it wouldn't radiate that it could come back back. yeah right well and also he's he's a genius yeah so he's got these far-reaching corners of his mind Mm -hmm. that other people probably wouldn't conceive of mm-hmm. and that makes him seem kind of scary so you know you get it yeah 
the idea of what he was actually receiving is that it may have been Marconi's early experiments with this same idea. Sure. Um, he was his direct competitor with this particular experimentation. And so uh, it's totally possible that he intercepted Marconi doing the exact same experiments in a different place in the world. And they're both like, who is that? Isn't that so interesting? <laughs> That's so interesting. It's, it's one of those I- things where two people came up with the same idea at the same time without having any connection to each other. Mind meld. Yeah, and that's yeah. so interesting to me that that happens all over the world all the time, and it happens to Tesla all of the time, that he literally realizes something, creates something in his brain at the exact same time someone else somewhere else in the world does, yeah. and they either have better funding, or they beat him to it, or they're mm-hmm. smarter businessmen, and he just never gets the credit for it. And what's wild to me is that it would be one thing if that happened to him a couple times in his life. It happens to it's him all so the many time, times. Yeah. and it's him and a ton of other people. It's not like him yeah. and the same person keep running into this problem. It's like he comes up with a thousand ideas that it takes a thousand people to come up with, and they all just beat him to it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. So in 1901, 19, thank God, um, (laughs) Tesla gets $150,000, which would be $4,609,800 in today's money. Wow. um, From JP Morgan. Oh, that guy. That guy. To begin (laughs) building Wardenclyffe Tower which would be a wireless transmission station in Long Island. Mm -hmm. There is an episode of Doctor Who about Nikola Tesla, and a lot of it takes place at Wardenclyffe. It is... It's so good. ...stupid how good that episode is. It's one of the best I think I've ever seen. It's really It's in the newest season. Watch it. And uh, watch it, because it's everything. It's (laughs) so good. So Tesla is, like I was saying, essentially racing against Marconi to prove that the radio-based system can work. Uh, He keeps bugging Morgan for more funding so he can make his transmitter more powerful. Uh, But Marconi just beats him to it in December of 1901 when he transmits the letter S from England to Newfoundland. So, you know. Marconi. (sighs) So construction of Wardenclyffe is completed in 1902. Uh, Tesla moves his full-time operations to this tower uh, because he's still he is still trying to like understand this system and make it better. Yeah, yeah. Because of the successes of Marconi's system, Tesla loses most of his inve- investors, and he has to close Wardenclyffe in 1905. Sad. He mortgaged Wardenclyffe to cover his debts at the Waldorf Astoria. Which eventually mounted to $20,000, which in today's money would be about half a million. Wow. Um, because he had been, like, living there, and then he kept, like, sure. whining and dining folks, trying to get investors, and he I mean, racked up hey. a huge debt. Yeah. Um, he loses the property in, for- in a foreclosure in 1915, and the tower is torn down in 1917. It makes me so mad that they tore that tower I know, down. I know. Same. Because that could be a place you could visit now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they may have rebuilt it for a museum, but, but it's I'm not, not the sure. Same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Um. So for the next several years, Tesla moves his lab to a bunch of places all over New York. Um, and he's struggling to find investors 
and he is just like slowly but surely moving towards bankruptcy. Uh, just really heading right in that direction. <laughs> there is a rumor that the 1915 Nobel Prize in Physics will be awarded to Edison and Tesla. Um, but that was never true. And then there was like mm-hmm. another rumor that they both turned it down because they were refusing to share the prize. Uh, but again, they were never initially considered. awarded the prize. So yeah. they never <laughs> refused the prize. Yeah. Right. In 1917, during World War One, Tesla believes that high-frequency radio waves could be used to locate submarines, and he tries to, like, sell this idea to the um, Depart- U.S. Department of Defense or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but radio waves can't penetrate water, so the theory isn't correct, but it is the theory that is the basis of radar tracking. Right. The only, di- the only difference is that we use sonar for underwater right. which is a different system but it's the same like kind of theory it's as the same concept radar just not with radio waves right but like again here he is saying we could use radio waves to look at things very far away from us he didn't get it right that you could use it underwater but he was right that we could do that right how did he know that <laughs> because he's like, a genius because he's an alien no he's a genius but also he's genius. maybe he's an alien <laughs> so from 1900 to 1934 Tesla is moving between a lot of New York hotels because he mm-hmm. lives out of hotels because that was a thing that you did in the early 1900s. Oh, yeah. Um, so he would run up huge bills and then just move to another hotel and not pay his bills. Oh. <laughs> just fully. And okay. like, I think because he was just famous enough, they were like, okay. And like okay. never really did anything about it, but they just like told him to leave. So he just Man, Tesla got us again. <laughs> oh, Tesla. <laughs> Swindled by Tesla. Um, in 1934, he moved to the Hotel New Yorker, and the Westinghouse Company begins paying him a consulting fee for $125 a month, and they pay his rent at the hotel, and it's just believed that they were, like, getting bad press because Tesla was having a rough time. Westinghouse was surprisingly good to Tesla. Yeah, they were, and, and they didn't want that bad press. Uh, and but they could they, have easily, when he started giving them bad press, been like, "Okay, forget it. We already have your patent. We don't actually need you. Mm-hmm. So bye." Yeah. But they didn't do that. So yeah. well, and I'm sure that it wasn't just a, like I'm sure that he did actually do some consulting. I'm sure he's a he did. Very but, smart person, but yeah. it was just their way around like giving him charity, right? Like because he didn't want to yeah. accept that. So yeah, yeah. Um, so Tesla walks daily to feed pigeons. Okay. Um, he also feeds pigeons out of his hotel windows, and he nurses injured pigeons back to health. Homeboy loves pigeons. He's the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Here is a quote from Nikola Tesla. It okay. is maybe one of the most favorite, famous quotes from Nikola Tesla <laughs> that I find delightful. Here He says... <laughs> I have been feeding pigeons, thousands of them for years, but there was one, a beautiful bird, pure white with light gray tips on its wings, that was different. It was a female. I had only to wish, sorry, I had only to wish and call her and she would come flying to me. I loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman and she loved me. As long as I had her, there was purpose in my life. No, no. He this just, is really triggering my bird phobia right now. Yeah. Uh, but he just <laughs> liked them and he wanted ugh. to take care of them. Can't relate. 
can't. No, you relate. (laughs) But I just appreciate him, and I appreciate that he just liked (laughs) pigeons, and he just walked every day, and he fed the pigeons, and that was just like the thing that he did. Yep. And I love him for it. (laughs) This we're starting to get into his later years, where he's starting to lose it just a little bit. (laughs) He's still a genius, Mm -hmm. but he's also old. So, you know. <laughs> um, sure. In 1931, the writer Kenneth Sweezy organizes a 75th birthday celebration for Tesla. He is also featured on the cover of Time for his 75th birthday, which I just thought was huh. very interesting. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. The cover is cool. It's, I just thought it was very interesting. I mean, I'll find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this, he holds a large birthday party every year. So it was, like, very successful, and he really liked it. So he holds one every year for his birthday. He invites his friends in the press over, and he uses the parties as opportunities to, like, announce his inventions. The stuff Uh, that he's been working on. of course. Because he doesn't really have any investors. He's just sort of working on his own. Yeah. So he uses these as moments to be like, this is what I've been working on. Think mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> you know? Take it or leave it. You'll so probably here, leave it. Here are a couple of hits from the yeah. first few years of his birthday parties. In 1932, he says he's working on a motor that runs on cosmic rays, which is nothing. Okay. Um, I don't Space know what that dust. means. I don't know Space what that dust. means. Yeah. <laughs> He, I'm sure he knew what that meant. I don't of know course he means. did. Yeah. In 1933, he says he's working on a new form of energy that would be, like, really, really sustainable, but he never really specifies what it is. So well, we could use that now. Uh-huh. So, uh, Tesla, if you could, if you have the ability to beam us messages from the afterlife, if you could get that one to us, that would be great. Hit me up with that. <laughs> um, and in 1934, he says he's working on... A death ray. Oh, the death ray. Because World War One just happened, World War Two's knocking at our door, and he's like, <laughs> hey, how could we just never fight a war again? I'm going to figure out a death ray that would be I've very become... strong and would destroy many things. I've become Dr. Horrible. I have created a death ray. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nobody could ever get out of him what it was. <laughs> right. Like, what actually was Or how it worked. Mm. Um, much later after his death, apparently some plans were found with some ideas of how it worked, but it didn't, I don't, I didn't understand it. And he's what at this point? 79? Almost 80? Yeah. So. He's 70, I think 77 was that. 75, 76, 77, 78. 78. 78. Yeah. So he just maybe just didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, um, a little bit. At that point, which is like, yeah, that's understandable. He was still so smart. It was just that he was getting old. Well, you know, yeah. it happens. Yeah. In 1937, at age 81, he is hit by a taxi cab while oh. he's on his nightly walk to feed the pigeons. He just, like, couldn't dodge out of the way of it. Because uh, he's 81. Because he's 81. Uh, three of his ribs are broken. And there may have been other injuries, but he refused to consult a doctor, which was a thing in his whole life. He just, like, was like, I'm fine, and just, like, kept going. Okay. Um, so he never fully recovers from that accident. Like, well, yeah, he didn't see a doctor, and he's 81. Yeah, like, he's he's fine, he keeps trucking, but, you know. Your his... body's not built to bounce back from something like that when you're 81. Correct, yes, yes. Um... On January 7th, 1943, Tesla dies at age 86 of a coronary thrombosis. Thrombosis. Thrombosis, yeah. 
um, alone in his hotel room. And the maid finds him the next day or something like that when she's coming to clean rooms. Sad. Yes, very sad. Uh, Two days after his death, the FBI orders the alien property custodian to seize all of Tesla's belongings. Pause. The what now? Alien property (laughs) custodian. So they thought he was an alien too? No, because he wasn't American. (laughs) Because he wasn't American. I know. (laughs) Um, And this was like... High paranoia, right? Like, this is 1943. The Germans are spying on us. He's lived in America for the majority of his life, but could still be a spy. But he also had lots of connections with people all over the world and yeah one of the people that he knew ended up being a nazi propagandist so it's like i understand unsurprising i understand why they needed to do it yeah 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 yeah. Um, it's just a weird thing to name yes uh, also after the point where we fully convinced ourselves that he's an alien um Yeah, yeah 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 um so after an investigation of his belongings, they're deemed completely harmless. Um, no reason that the government needs them. And they're eventually given to his nephew. Uh, his belongings and his ashes are now display in the ne- on display in the Nikola Tesla Museum in Belgrade. And his... <sighs> here's something I find very interesting. His ashes are in display in a gold sphere urn. Yes. Because that was his favorite sh- geometrical shape. That does not surprise me. Isn't that delightful? (laughs) It actually makes a lot of sense to me that he, I feel like he would want to be encased in that particular shape. I agree. He was originally buried and then later cremated and then his ashes were sent Mm -hmm. abroad with the rest of his But I feel like this is more fitting for him. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that he's, that his ashes are in the place where all of his work is. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. So, the rest of this is just like... Facts. Facts, things that I just love about him. Um, In his life, he obtained 300 patents. Seems like a lot, but Edison had like several thousand. Thousands, yeah. (laughs) um, And a lot of those he lost or were lost or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Again, not a very good businessman. No. Brilliant person. Terrible businessman. Um, he never married. He believed that marriage would distract him from his work, which was like, you know. Or the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're honest. Uh, that's, that is, yes, correct. Um, <laughs> he He was mostly a pretty, like, he worked on his own. He was pretty reserved, but he had like a decent social life. I'm sorry, I just read ahead in your notes. Sorry, <laughs> yes. Um, he was good friends with a lot of writers. Most of the names that were listed were like decently famous writers who I probably didn't know, but like he, most of his friends were writers, uh, including Mark Twain. I mentioned that in our first episode. Him and Mark Twain were like bros. They were like really good friends. Toy, toy. Um. Most people in his social cir- so- social circles, wow, thought very highly of him. They thought he was a very nice person. And, like, you know, given the way Edison treated him for a lot of his life and the media treated him for a lot of his life, people just thought that he was... Not likable. Not likable, but he was, like, a nice person. He was just, like, yeah. weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, he did believe in eugenics. <sighs> Which and is... next to it, in her notes, she's written, yikes, because, in parentheses. Because yikes. Uh, Unfortunate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Add another one to the list. Uh-huh. There are a <laughs> lot of them. 
Um, but no. he also believed that women beco- would become the dominant sex in the future. So there is I mean, that. I am on board with that one. Yeah. It was so weird. I was reading about him and he was like, women are geniuses and better than all of us. And then there was like a portion of his life where he was like, they're trying too hard. And then he went back to women are geniuses and are better than all of us. And I like, don't understand what happened. <laughs> anyway, just find that very interesting. Oh, that's good. Um, he spoke eight languages. Wow. Uh, Serbo-Croatian, Czech, mm-hmm. English, French, German, Hungarian, Italian, and Latin. I don't know how anyone has room in their brain for all those languages. He's a genius. I would love to do that, but pff, yeah. ain't never going to happen for me. Uh, because of his photographic memory, he almost never had to write or draw his plans. He would be able to completely visualize what he wanted to do. And then he would work out all of the issues and mathematical pieces with that mental image. And then he would just make it. That's wild. He didn't have to do any of that on paper. And he didn't have to test something and then adjust it and then test it again. He did all the adjusting in his head. Hmm. Like he ran tests of a theoretical object in his head until the tests ran out. How did he do that? He was a genius. Yes. Certifiable genius. Here is a quote that makes me so sure that he was an alien or (laughs) was interacting with aliens. During his early life, Tesla was repeatedly stricken with illness. He suffered a peculiar affliction in which blinding flashes of light appeared before his eyes, often accompanied by visions, Often the visions were linked to a word or idea that might have that he might have come across. At other times they provided a solution to a particular problem he had encountered. So like that's for sure just aliens saying, "Hey buddy, you having a hard time?" Or he was having migraines while simultaneously being a genius. <laughs> that that is what it is. But <laughs> something when I read that, my whole brain transmitting just went, images into his brain. My whole brain just went that's an alien. <laughs> I was like, how does he do that? <laughs> um, so he, we talked a little bit in the first episode about his work schedule. Here, here is a work schedule about like later in his life. He worked every day from 9am until 6pm or later with dinner at exactly 8pm or sorry, exactly 8.10pm. At whatever restaurant was in the hotel that he was working in. Uh, Tesla then telephoned his dinner order to the head waiter, who would also uh, be the one to serve him. The meal was required to be ready at 8 o'clock. Exactly. He dined alone, except for on rare occasions when he was doing social stuff. He then resumed his work, often until 3 a.m. So he was just, like, so... Not just work-oriented, but schedule-oriented. Like I, I mean, he may have been obsessive. Oh, he definitely was. Like, pro- may have been obsessive-compulsive. I don't want to diagnose. Right. I don't know if he had compulsions. But he certainly seems to have had obsessive personality disorder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If he, nothing else. He walked between 8 and 10 miles a day. And those were wow. his... That was his exercise. And that's what You he know, it's also entirely possible that he may have been on... The autistic spectrum oh and it was just something that people didn't know about then mm-hmm. i think that's very possible also um and he claimed he only slept for two hours a night 
I, that wouldn't surprise me. Me either. Because his brain was just running too fast. Wouldn't let him yeah. rest. And, like, for someone to work as hard as he did and also only sleep two hours a night to live to 86 years old is That's pretty, pretty impressive. impressive to me. Pretty yeah. impressive. Uh, so there he is. That's Nikola, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. In two episodes or less. Yeah. Two ep- is two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I freaking love him. Yeah. I just think He's a it's... a fascinating person. And everything he did was so impressive. And, you know, like I was saying before, like, he... It is true of science in general that, like, people come up with ideas and then other people expand on those ideas and then it keeps happening until we have, like, the firmed up thing. So often people don't get credited with saying, I had the first idea for this. Right. But he had the first idea for so, for so many things. Many things. Like yeah. he basically conceived of a wire a completely wireless communication system, aka the internet, like what right. we use now. Right. He conceived of that in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. How did his brain do that? It's I just know, amazing. It's amazing. amazing. I love him. I just think he's so cool. Very good topic. Thank you. You're welcome. History's great, but today's good too. What's your favorite thing about modern times? Welcome to modern times. As much as I love hearing it, (laughs) seeing it is also very fun. Or doing a video call for this recording, FYI, if you missed that in the first episode. I enjoyed that so much. Thank you. Welcome to Modern Times. It's a segment of the podcast where we talk about things that we like about the here and now. And the here and now... At this moment, it's kind of scary, and I mean very scary and uncertain and um, not very fun, but uh, I think that's even more of a reason to talk about some good stuff about now. I agree. So would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Sure, I can go. Okay. Mine is incredibly on the nose, given our discussion, but I love string lights. Oh, good. Oh, that's... You do love string lights. I love string lights. I saw a set of string lights the other day that I was like, I should get those for Amanda. I love them. I love them so much. I'm we looking have them. At... We have them. Uh-huh. Where I work. I'll get them for you. Yeah. They're bees. Um, they're what? Bees. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at my TARDIS ones right now. I just think they're delightful. Um, I, I love that other countries call them fairy lights. I find that even better. Fairy lights and twinkle lights. Yes. Just that's yeah. just the best. I always want to have them in my room or in my classroom or whatever. I just love them. I just think they add whimsy and they're <laughs> they a fun way to light a space and I find them delightful. And that's they're my great. whole thing. I think that's a good one. Thank you. Uh, mine is online, like live streaming services. Mm, very good. Um. Especially right now, when we are sort of starved for social interaction and entertainment, um, being able to, like, live stream or, like, watch live streams from people that normally wouldn't be doing it, Mm -hmm. um, it's just really cool. I agree. It's so so great that I can, like, watch Trixie Mattel live in her house playing guitar. And the fact that people are using these to, like, raise money Mm -hmm. and just keep people in touch with with each other and brighten each other's days. I'm really, I really think that it's, it's a very cool thing that we get to experience. I agree. And something I never could have conceived of when I was younger. Yeah. Which is also, like, mind-blowing. Why it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is awesome. I just tapped my phone on my wine glass accidentally, and it made the best noise. I heard I it. Know. It was delightful. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a two. Our first ever two parter. Oh my gosh, who are we? Um, that's great. Um, we hope you're all staying home if you can, staying safe, washing your hands a lot. Um, and just, you know, trying not to be too overwhelmed by everything that's happening in the world right now. I know that's easier said than done to rust me. I know, but, uh, we hope that the podcast can provide a little bit of lightness Mm -hmm. to you, um, and some entertainment and joy. Um, and if you have suggestions for other things you want us to talk about, or if you have questions or comments, etc., you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com, or you can send us a tweet at rttpod. And we would really love it if you could throw us a rating um, or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, and if you want to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. So, do you have any idea what your episode's going to be, sister? Nope. No, that's fine. I haven't thought about it. That's okay. <laughs> At this point, for us now recording, it's very far away. We have so, so much time, so I haven't really thought about it. It's fine. So, I don't know what it's going to be. That's all right. Well, you know, until that next time. Remember that time.